What is up, everybody? My name is Matt Cordova. I'm the senior pastor here at The River, and we are excited that you are listening to our podcast. Now, before the message starts, there's three things that we would love for you to do. One, we would love for you to share it. Two, we would love for you to subscribe. And three, we would love for you to go and rate it. So the message is about to begin. I hope it encourages you, and I hope that you know that God has a plan for your life. Sunday. This is one of my favorite Sundays of the year. Why? Because we're going to get to dream a little bit, right? How many of you know that once we stop dreaming, we stop living? Y'all agree with that? Once we stop dreaming, we stop living. What we've done when we stop dreaming is we've conceded that I've done the best that I can behind me. But I don't believe that that's true. I believe that if we have breath in our lungs and God is still here with us, then there's many great things that we're called to do. So we're going to dream forward, but we're also going to celebrate by looking back at some of the things, some of our stones from 2021. Um, so if you got a Bible, we're going to open it up to two places. Uh, I encourage you to use our app or, or use our notes there just because we're going to bounce around a little bit. But uh, we're going to be in Ezekiel chapter 47, verse 9. In John chapter 7, verse 37. Okay, so while you're turning there or opening your app, let me give you a little bit of background. Both of these verses are connected, but they occur at different time periods. For example, uh, Ezekiel is an Old Testament vision. It's an Old Testament end time vision. And then when you look at the text in John, this literally happens in the middle of Jesus's ministry, right in between um, very two big I am statements. So uh, what we're going to do is we're going to read both of these and then we're going to pray. Ezekiel chapter 47, verse 9, it says this, Every kind of living creature that swarms will live wherever the river flows. And there will be a huge number of fish because the water goes there. Since the water will become fresh, there will be life everywhere the river goes. There will be life everywhere the river goes. Now turn to John chapter 7. John chapter 7, verse 37. It says, Now on the last day, The great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. Will flow river. Here's the question I want to ask today. I want to ask this question What if? What if? Everybody turn to your neighbor and say, What if? What if? Let's pray. So, dear Heavenly Father, God, we thank you that you are good. God, and we thank you for everything that you did um, last year. And we believe that you want to do more. God, I believe that you want people to know you deeper, to know that you're always with them, that you're always beside them. God, and I ask that you would use us in 2022 to point people to you. God, not to the river, not to our church. not. We declare these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. All right, I'm going to ask you to be a little bit, any nerdy movie people, like anybody, like, okay, here's what I mean by nerdy movie people. Like, I'll be real, if you've hung out with me, you know this, if you haven't, well, I got a confession, right? That's what we do in church, we confess. I'm kind of a movie nerd, and if I'm going to be more specific, I'm kind of a Marvel movie nerd. Is there anybody like that? Anybody watched all the movies? Some of you are like, I I have, I just don't want to admit it because somebody might judge me. It's okay, we're in church, right? I I I love I love the Marvel movies. I watch them, but here's where like my nerdiness really starts to show is because Marvel was kind of the one that introduced the mid-credit scene and the post-credit scene. Have you noticed that people stay until there's nothing on the screen now after the movie's over? Right back in the day when the credits came up, you're like, all right, the movie's over. That doesn't happen anymore. Marvel introduced mid and post-credit scenes. So I like 
next day and I watch them and, I, and I'm like, I don't understand what that means. So then I go and I research what those could possibly mean. So uh, I pay attention to the rumor mills. I'm like, I know who's going to be in the next movie before the next movie comes out. Like that's how nerdy it gets. And then there was this amazing creation that came out called Disney Plus. Does anybody know what Disney Plus is? Come on, somebody. Yeah, anybody have kids? You want me to save your life? Disney Plus, right? I, you know, I changed Bradley's life because I introduced him to Mighty Ducks 1 and 2. Come on, it's the greatest movie ever. You know what I mean? Emilio! That's my guy. Some of you are like, who is that guy? Go watch Mighty Ducks. Hashtag Disney Plus. All right, anyways, so on Disney Plus, they started releasing Marvel TV shows. Why did they release these? Because they're in alignment. They run alongside the movies. So about a couple months ago, there came a Disney Plus Marvel cartoon, and this was the name of the show. What if? What, I mean, just the name is intriguing. What if? Here's the, here's the basis of the show. They, were, they would go, uh, it kind of introduces the multiverse, which is a weird concept to try to explain. But they would ask this question, is like, what if this happened instead of this? Like, for example, what if Steve Rogers didn't become Captain America? Or, or what if the Avengers never assembled? What, what if Thor never had Loki? Or here's a big one. If you watch the Marvel, the Avengers 2, what if Ultron won? Right? Here's the, the purpose of the movie or the TV show is it gets you to wonder. What if is a question that gets you to wonder, right? Here's what I've learned about that question, though. It's got two very different destinations. For example, this is where I think most people live. But most people, when they ask the question, what if, they look backwards, what does this do? It leads to regret. What if I would have done this instead of this when I was growing up? What if I would have taken this job? What if I would have not spent all of my money when I was a teenager? What if I would have married so-and-so? What if, what if, what if, what if? What if looking backward actually causes us to live in regret? It makes us wish we'd have made a different decision. Now, the other side of what if is where I propose our church should live. It's what if. Looking forward, what does it do? Is it causes us to dream? Well, what if this year I actually pursue God instead of just fill chairs? What if this year I chase my spouse? What if this year I read the Bible with my kids? What if this year I share the testimonies of the things that God's done in my life with the next generation? What if? You see how the destinations are very different. My hope for our church is, is, is that we would celebrate what is behind us, but we would continue to dream forward, right? My hope is that we would look back long enough to see the things that God has done in our lives and to appreciate, to give thanks, uh, to give thanks for those things. You want me to tell you what the opposite of thankfulness is? Entitlement. Entitlement says you owe me. Thankful says, man, I'm so thankful that you showed up. You want me to tell you what leads you to peace of mind, what will give you peace of mind most of the time, is if you'll thank God. Because when you thank him, it causes you to have to remember something he's done in your life. Right? So my, my goal, my hope for us as a church is that we would look back and thank God for what he's done in the past. But understand that as long as we have breath in our lungs and as long as we're able to open our doors and meet and gather and declare the gospel that God wants to continue to do more. So, so let's do that. Let's not just talk about it. Let's celebrate some things that happened in 2021. We'll call these our stones. Last week we talked about remembering the stones. So in 2021, 
Here's, these are going to pop up on the board. In 2021, we had 53 people give their life to Jesus last year. Come on. Let me put that in perspective. Our average attendance post-COVID, post-run, isn't that crazy that that's, it's no longer BCAD. It's like pre-COVID, post-COVID, right? Right. So our, our average attendance post-COVID has been about 180 to, to 200. That means more than a 25% of our su- average Sunday attendance gave their life to Jesus last year. Come on, that is amazing. That is amazing. Last year, we had 40 people make the decision to get baptized. And one was from our online campus. That is, yeah, 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 yeah. Remember how I told you guys I'm a nerd, right? So let me give you some statistics. I follow a, uh, an organization that puts out quarterly reports for the church. Uh, church baptisms are down 49% across our country, but they weren't here. <laughs> Come on, somebody. That's way more, that's way better than we celebrated. <laughs> uh, last year, we launched, we made the decision to launch an online family. Uh, it is now at 854 members. 854 members have a place to belong, to post prayer requests, celebrations, our live streams get posted there. That number had gone from 200 when we opened it to 854 members, and it's continually growing. That's an amazing thing. Yeah. The online campus, listen, if you're watching online um, or, or you get on that online family, the whole purpose of that is for us to be a family. If you got a prayer request, post it because you'll see that you're not in this battle alone. You'll see that people are willing to stand and come alongside you and come around you and pray. If you got a celebration, post it. Why? Because families don't just pray together when things get hard. We celebrate together when things are good. You know what I mean? So post your celebrations. There's a verse that God puts on your heart. Post it. You may not know. Out of 854 people, there may be somebody that needs to hear that verse for that day. You know what I mean? So, man, that's something that we want to celebrate. One of my, we're going to go <clears throat> kind of into some of my more favorite stuff. I mean, those are awesome. I love salvations. I love baptisms. Last year, we did more outreach than we've ever done. Last year, this is kind of cool. Last year, we, we have three pillars that we look at. Our, our goal as a church is to, we want to impact or influence, or just be a part of these three things. The three major pillars that we look at is the, the local government, our school system and, and there's and the other churches here in town. There's like a million churches here in Panhandle, right? We want to be a part of their lives. Last year, we were able to impact or give to all three of those places or to have some sort of influence. Um, last year, we did a softball tournament. We were able, it, the church got no money out of this. And we were able to give like 60-something coats and shoes to the elementary school so that if kids go to the school and they don't have jackets or shoes, they have those. It, the, the, we didn't get a dime. We don't, that's not what outreach is about. Outreach is not about growing our pockets. It's about influencing and reaching out into those around us, right? So um, this is one of my favorite things is we did more outreach with the other churches, alongside the other churches. Uh, I looked it up in February, about a year ago, we did a community prayer where all five churches uh, were here on our stage and led our community in praying over our community because of Rona and, and all of the political turmoil and all of that other stuff. That happened last year, right here, all five churches. I, I'm, I, I, during my time as a youth pastor, that would have never happened. There was so much conflict and intention between the churches. Last year, 
we had uh, an event called Impact Weekend where all of the churches came together to clean the alleys of our community. We cleaned the alleys of all of Panhandle in two hours. As, as you know what that was? Is that was the capital C church being the church. How many of you understand that they may have a different name on the side of their building, but they're still the church. They may have a different name on the side of their building. They're still the church. The Church of Christ, they're still the church. Like all of these churches here in town, it doesn't matter what name's on the side of the building. What matters is the name written on our hearts, right? So last year we did more outreach together than we've done in times past. Uh, last year, we went over our budgeted goal for total outreach. Let me explain what this is. Um, in our budget, under the category of total outreach, it includes missions, giving, community outreach, and benevolence. So all of this together is, is our total outreach. Last week or last year, we were able to use or give $49,000 and put it out towards outreach. That's an amazing thing. Our goal, and you can ask our elders, our goal is for our outreach to be at 10% of our budget or higher. So this year, that number has actually increased. It's at like 10.6%. So our goal is to do more next year, to, to pour more into our... One of, the, one of the exciting things that we've talked about is being able to write a check to our city. Last year, we were able to write a check to our volunteer firefighters for like $2,000 because so that they could go buy stuff that they needed. Like that's what it's about. It's not about taking up space. It's about making a difference. Last year, um, this is a, just kind of a fun one, but we casted the vision for building a youth building, right? If you've been here on a Wednesday night, it is crazy. Like kids, I like to call it organized chaos. It's more just chaos with adults, right? So um, we've talked about we outgrew our youth room like seven years ago. Our youth room's at the very south end of the building. Right. So we talked about this idea of building a youth building out where the sand volleyball courts are. We're a debt free church and our plan is to stay debt free. So we ended our campaign, our giving campaign with one hundred forty four thousand dollars in that account uh, without any extra campaigns or any extra fundraisers, without asking for any extra money. We that account is now at two hundred and seventy five thousand dollars. Yeah. <clears throat> The goal is 400000 in in staying debt-free. Lastly, because of everyone's generosity, and even with attendance numbers being lower than pre-COVID, um, this, hands down, was our best giving year, year to date. Because of everybody trusting God through tithes and offerings. Why do, why do we want to celebrate those things? Because one, I think as a body, we need to know what, what, what we're doing. You know what I mean? The Bible says hope deferred makes the heart sick. If I attach my hope to something that I know isn't going in the direction that I, that I believe it's called to go, then eventually I detach my heart from it. But I want you guys to see that our goal, this is our goal as a church. Our goal is not to exist. Our goal is to make a difference. That day of, of impact weekend, I remember having a conversation with Coach Coffee, and I told him this. It's not our job to take up a block in Panhandle. It's our job to impact all of the blocks in Panhandle, to make a difference, to speak, to declare the gospel, to let people know that God still exists and for us to bring life. That is the job of our church. So that takes us to our verses today. If you've ever wondered where the name the river comes from, it comes from this text in Ezekiel 47, right? Uh, in fact, uh, the one that we read, the very verse that we read, is, has been the defining verse of our church. We'll look at it one more time. It says, Every kind of living creature that swarms will live wherever the river flows. And there will be a huge number of fish because this, wa uh, this water goes there. 
Since the water will become fresh, this is what kind of always been our tagline, there will be life everywhere the river goes. Every turn, every say, there will be life. There will be life. There will be life. So this text is, is actually really fascinating. If you want to read it, it's, I think it's the first nine verses of Ezekiel chapter 47. And what's going on is he gets this end times vision, and this is what he sees. Ezekiel is brought to a very specific part of the temple. He can see this temple, and then he sees at the threshold or this foundation, like drips of water that start to come out of this temple. And then this, he gets kind of this like heavenly tour guide. So this guy's like, all right, I want you to walk out. Uh, it says a thousand cubits. So he goes out a thousand cubits and the water's gotten deeper. And he goes, all right, I want you to go out another thousand. It's like knee deep, like uh, another thousand. It's like chest deep, another thousand. And it's like me trying to swim in the deep end of the pool. Like he can't even get his feet down. You know what I mean? Like, so he goes and, and he's walking. But notice this water, remember this, this water comes out of the threshold or the foundation of the, of the temple. Then he takes him out back a little bit, takes him a little bit further, and he sees that this water just isn't this, this little stream, but it's this giant river. And it's rolling, and it's flowing through what is known as the Dead Sea Valley. Can you imagine that there's not a whole lot of life in a place called the Dead Sea Valley? The name dead is in the name, okay? Like, so he, this river is flowing through this valley, and he notices two major things. One is even though this valley runs through a dead and barren place, now because there's a river there, there are trees all along this river, right? So wherever this river is flowing, trees and vegetation are able to grow. But even more than that, this river flows into what's known as the Dead Sea. There's a reason it's called the Dead Sea. Nothing can live in the Dead Sea, right? So like now, if you were to go to the Dead Sea... Nothing would be alive. But in this end times vision, he sees this river flow into the Dead Sea. And this is what the Bible says, that there are swarms and it's full of fish. So because this river is there, and everywhere that this river runs, it says this statement, it brought life. It brought life. Hold on to that. Now let's go to John chapter 7. John chapter 7. Now on the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost being will flow rivers, rivers, everybody say rivers, rivers of living water. Now let's talk about what's going on. Jesus is at the feast of the tabernacles, right? This whole feast is to, it's like a time of remembering. They would do this every year. It was like a time of remembering that God was with them during the Exodus, right? So what's about to happen is they're about to do a water pouring rite. And there's, there's two reasons that they would do this water pouring rite. One is to remember that when they were thirsty, God gave them water from a rock. Right? We, we know that story, right? We've heard that story. That when they're going through the desert, they were thirsty. God tells Moses to strike a rock and pff, there's water. Everybody gets the best water from the rock. Right? The second reason that they are celebrating this is this is actually at the end of their dry season. So when they do this, they're also praying for rain. Right? So when Jesus makes this reference, hey, if anybody is thirsty, their cisterns are really empty. 
Like they're, they're, they're really thirsty in this moment. It's not just a statement that he's making. So in the middle of this ceremony, when, when people are trying to remember what God has done and people are trying to put their attention on God and to pray to God, Jesus stands up as if to make an announcement. He says, hey, if you're thirsty, come to me. Like if, if, you, if you need something to drink, I want you to come to me. Now remember this. He's at a Jewish festival. Who doesn't like Jesus at this moment? The religious leaders. Right? They're not team Jesus. Depending on which gospel you're looking at, they've already started to plot and plan against Him. So Jesus is surrounded by all kinds of people. Jewish people, religious leaders, all of them. Do you think He made some people mad? Can you imagine being at a ceremony where you're trying to focus on somebody else and somebody else stands up to get the attention on them? Right, this whole ceremony is to remember God, to ask God to do this stuff, and all of a sudden this guy named Jesus over here stands up and says, hey, I know you're doing this to remember that water came from a rock, but I'm here to tell you I am the rock that water's going to come from. You know what I mean? Can you imagine how ticked the religious leaders would get? But then he makes this statement. He says, if you believe, if you believe, from your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. If you believe from the depths of who you are will flow, will flow rivers of not just water. Listen, this isn't just water that people drink. It's supposed to be water that gives life. This is, so think about that. If you believe in me from your core, from the depths of who you are, will flow rivers of living water. Now let's go, let's think about something. Let's go look at the Ezekiel text one more time. How many of you understand that the Trinity, which is Father, Son, Holy Spirit, is present in the text in Ezekiel? You're like, well, where? It just talked about a temple, a foundation, and a river. Okay, well, in the Old Testament or in the Hebrew Bible, where did God reside? Where was the presence of God? In the Holy of Holies. Where was the Holy of Holies? In the temple. This vision is symbolic. Okay, so the temple, you have the temple representing God. Jesus says this, that a wise person builds their, uh, their, their life on, a, on Him as the foundation, right? So you see water running from the threshold, water running from the foundation. And throughout the book of Isaiah, the Holy Spirit is constantly referred to as, as water. So, so think about that. It said this. It said that wherever the river flowed, there was life, there was trees, there was vegetation, there were swarms of living creatures. Uh, it flowed into this dead sea, and now there's fish growing up in this, red, this dead sea. Symbolically, what is he saying? Wherever the Holy Spirit is, there's life. Wherever. How many of you understand that when you said yes to Jesus, you got the Holy Spirit? In fact, the Bible says that your spirit was sealed with His Spirit. But look, go back to John, look at verse 39. John chapter 7, verse 39. He said this, but this he spoke of the, what's that? Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. For the Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. So, so think about this. He says, listen, hey, um, I know you're, I know you're, Gathering to celebrate the fact that God gave you water from a rock. I know you're gathering to pray for rain, but I'm here to tell you that if you'll drink of me, you'll have rivers of living water flow from you. What is he talking about? If you would drink of me, that the Holy Spirit or life should be flowing from us. 
How many of you understand it's through the Holy Spirit that life exists? The creation story, right? God breathed his what? His spirit into man. God breathed his, you, you, we came alive because God breathed his spirit into us. We get to breathe today because God initially breathed his spirit. And then when we said yes to Jesus, his spirit sealed our spirit. It's the reason that we can look at God and call him Abba Father is what Paul would say in the book of Romans. So because the Holy Spirit is inside of us, guess what should be flowing from us? Life. See, that's our goal for the river, is that life would flow from us. But let me, let, me, let me expand it a little bit. Our goal for the river is that life should flow from us corporately in settings like this, but that God would have such an influence and an impact in our life that life would flow from us individually as well. Does that make sense? We're not just sons and daughters when we gather together. We're sons and daughters when we go home too. So what does that mean? That the Holy Spirit's inside of me and that wherever we go, we would find life or that life would flow from me. So this, this is why this is our vision statement, right? If you've listened, uh, I've opened before. I'm like, hey, guys, I'm mad. I get the honor of doing this and, and all this other stuff. And here's our vision. Our vision is that people that come here or watch online would find what? Family and purpose would find family. Let me tell you how we came to that. Um, we, we had a staff meeting one day. Uh, which is where all great ideas come from, by the way. Staff meetings. Get everybody together, team lunch, whatever you got to do. Okay. So we were having a staff meeting and we were asking this question. What are, what are, what are the questions that people are asking about life or what are their mega needs? What is humanity's mega need? Right? When you sit down, have you, have you ever thought about it? What is it that I like need to get through this life? And I'm talking about more than food and water. I'm talking about like from maybe a social aspect. Or just life in general. This is what we came to. Humanity needs to know that they belong somewhere. Humanity needs to know that they belong. This is the, whether you like people or don't, listen, you need to know you belong. You know what I mean? If you don't like being around people and then you go through a hard time and you get mad because people didn't show up, you just show that you need to belong to somebody. Because you were, you're mad that nobody showed up. Like humanity's mega need is we need to know that we have a place to belong. But another question that people are asking is, why am I here? You mean, what, why am I here? Right? We often wrap it up in language like destiny and, and purpose. Right? Which is why, this is why we do some of the things that we do. Because this is what I believe. I believe that the church should be a place for people to belong. I believe that the church is a house for broken people. If you've ever been broken, guess what? You belong here, right? I believe that the, the church is for those that have messed up. Anybody perfect? If you are, we're the wrong church for you. We believe very different things, <laughs> right? If you've messed up, you belong here. Have you ever been through an addiction? You belong here. Are you going through one now and you're looking for hope and a way to break through? Guess what? You belong here. Right. For those who think this, I put this in quotation for those who think, well, if I walk in the church, pastor, the building's going to light up. Well, guess what? You belong here. We'll file that insurance claim. OK, so like <laughs> it's whatever you belong here. You belong here. The purpose of the church is to be a place where people can find life. Guess where life is found in Jesus. Guess who established the church? Jesus. Right. It's why we do life groups. Why? Because when you have a place to belong, you have life. Your first belonging was with God. Does that make sense? 
Jesus is the first person to offer us a place to belong. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whoever should believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. The Old Testament, man, I know the Old Testament is actually more about God's love than it is about God's wrath. It's about God's consistency and God's compassion more than it is about his destruction and stuff like that. We don't get that, though. We focus on, well, he did this, and if he does, if I do this, then he's going to throw a lightning bolt at my house. Well, you can file that insurance claim too, okay? <laughs> That's why we say you can find family. The other one is we want you to find purpose. This is why our word for 2022 is to know God, right? Because I think if we know God, then we would understand that God's got a plan for our life. It's why we do the how to read the Bible class, which we're going to do again in March. Why? Because if I can understand how to read the Bible, then I can get the right perspective of who God is and how God moves and how he speaks and how he does things in my life. It's why we do outreach. Why? Because there's a bunch of people that are stuck in pits and they need life around them. And if God's put a gift inside of me and I use that gift and somebody sees Jesus because of it, then I, I, I provide life. I have rivers of life flowing me. It's why we dive into the Bible every week, and our goal is to participate in it every week. Why? Because we're living on purpose. And when we live on purpose, we find life. We find life. Now, there's two misconceptions with purpose that I want to break off of you. One, purpose is not about you. Purpose is not about you. It's about everyone you come across. God gave you a gift, not so that you can make you greater, so that you can make him greater. Does that make sense? Notice, uh, Jesus didn't say that rivers of living water would flow from you so that you can drink. Guess who's supposed to drink from it? People around you. The second misconception is that purpose is not what you do in and for the church. Here's what I mean. Many people think that my purpose is just my service in the church. No, in the church is where you develop your gifts. Your purpose is what you do in your household, what you do in your workplace, what you do with your kids, what you do with your spouse. Your purpose is everywhere else. If it's not about me and it's about impacting everybody else, then the church should be the safest place for you to develop your gifts and your talents so that you can use them out in the world and point them to Jesus. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. Y'all good? Everybody turn to your neighbor and say, what if? What if? I can already hear it. Matt, I thought you said we were going to talk about what if. That's a good point. I hadn't really said much about what if since the beginning, right? Let me read you one more text. This is one of my favorites. Mark chapter 16, verse 20. It's the long ending of Mark. And this is what it says. And they went out and they preached everywhere while the Lord worked with them and confirmed the word by, by the accompanying, accompanying, it's a good word, signs. Okay, this is interesting. In John chapter 16, you kind of see more, uh, or Mark's, in Mark chapter 16, you kind of see Mark's translation of the Great Commission, right? We know the Great Commission in Matthew chapter 28, go out and make disciples, right? Baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, teaching them to obey all that I've commanded you, right? That's what's going on. Well, in Mark, he translates it this way. He tell, Jesus will tell the disciples to go out into the world and preach the gospel to all creation. <laughs> Not just people. He says, preach the gospel. What's the gospel? What's the good news? 
that I now have an opportunity to have a right relationship with God because of the finished work of the cross. And he says, go and declare this to all creation. Right? He says, go preach the gospel to all creation. He said, these are the signs that will follow. This is where it kind of gets crazy. He says, you can tell that these people follow me because they'll drive out demons. They'll speak in new tongues. They'll pick up snakes. Don't encourage doing that on the side. They'll drink poison, probably should avoid that one too, and not be harmed. And it says this, and they will heal the sick. Can I tell you where we've messed up in the past is we've made it about these things instead of preaching the gospel. We've made it about trying to do these things instead of preaching the gospel first. Go and preach the gospel to all creation, to all creation. Go to all nations, preach the gospel to all creation. And my favorite is the verse that we read. It said this, they went out and preached everywhere while God worked with them. Can we get some music back here? It makes it way more spiritual. (laughs) It says, they went out and preached while God worked with them. Everybody turn to neighbor and say, while God worked with them. While God worked. God worked with them and he confirmed it. That's what it says. It said he had confirmed the word by the accompanying signs, right? That's what the Bible says, right? God Okay, they, they catch it. He said, go and preach to all nations. Go and preach everywhere. Go preach to all creation. Go tell them the gospel. Go tell them the gospel. What did they do? They did that. Do you catch that? It says they went and preached everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. What does that mean? It means they didn't just show up on Sunday and, and, and sit How many of you understand this text is to you and me? Do you, you have the greatest message of life and hope inside of you. You do. If you've said yes to Jesus, you have the greatest message of life and hope inside of you. And Jesus tells his disciples He says, go share that message. He he says it again in in Acts chapter one. He says this. He says, uh, you're going to be my witnesses. He says, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit and you're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You know why he gives them the Holy Spirit? So that they could have the strength to share the message. So that they could have the, you have the Holy, oh, come on church. Listen, that's where the rivers of life come from. It's the Holy Spirit inside of you who gives you the strength to go and share the message. The message of what? That I have hope in life in, in a guy that maybe that, that, that his people rejected. That they spit on and mocked because they didn't think that he was the one. But guess what? He was. He came and he lived the life that we couldn't live. He was the payment, the appropriation for our sins because we couldn't do it. And guess what? He invites you to follow him too. That's the message of life. She says that they went everywhere and he worked with them and he confirmed the word. Can I tell you what I think? I think last year we saw God work with us. I think last year that's why there was 53 salvations in our church. I think that's why there was 40 baptisms in our church. I think that's why we were able to give and do so much in our community. Why? Because it's not about filling these chairs. 
Would it be awesome if this room was full? Yeah, but if we fill this room and don't go and share that message, what are we doing? We're just padding our stats. Oh, yeah, we had 400 people at church. Listen, ooh, nobody throw rocks at me. I'll throw them back. I would rather us have 12 people who would go and declare the message than 400 that just sit and fill chairs. I believe that. And if that offends you, I'm sorry. But maybe we're just not the church for you. Why? Because according to the Bible, there's supposed to be rivers of water, rivers of living water flowing from me because of the Holy Spirit inside of me. Right? I think we saw God do amazing things last year. But the question I want to ask is, what if he wants to do more? Is that going to require more of me? Maybe. I mean, often I'll just let me give you an insight into purpose. You can't do it on your own. If you're asking the question, what is my purpose? You'll never know until you learn to depend on God. So if God's going to call us to do more next year, it's going to require all of us. We're all a family to depend on God. If we're going to make a bigger impact, a bigger difference, it's going to require all of us to depend on him. All of us together, we lock arms. We walk this out. When we hurt, we hurt together. The Bible says if one part of the body's sick, we're all sick. If one part's healthy, we're all healthy. We walk through pain together. We walk through celebrations together. We walk through life together. Why? Because as long as I've got the Holy Spirit inside of me, I have life. But here's the question I want to ask is personally, what are the what if questions you should be asking? What are the what if questions that, that come to your mind? What if, what if we actually read the word with our kids like they used to in Deuteronomy 6? They taught their kids this prayer. It's called the Shema. It says, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength. It's a reminder to love God and that he's my authority, that he's my king. Now, what if we read the word with our kids individually this year? What if we actually committed to dating our spouse and pursuing our spouse the way that the Bible tells us to? You know what I mean? What if, what if um, we committed to being the church instead of just an idea of attending church? That's an individual thought. You know what I mean? Only, the only conviction, uh, I, I, can, I can tell you to be the church, be the per- church, be, I can condemn you all I want. Cond- condemnation's not going to get you anywhere. Until there's an internal conviction inside of you that says, man, listen, God put life in my life and I've got to share it with the world. Nothing will change. But corporately, as a body, what if God wants to do more? Here's what I think. I think 2021 was great. I think there's a wall trying to stop us from walking into 2022. Waiting to see if we'll concede. Waiting to see if we'll give up. But I believe this year could be bigger. What if? What if? I ask our ministry team to come up. So maybe during this time, this close, we're asking God, man, what are the what ifs you want me to ask? What are the what ifs that I should be dreaming forward about?
And maybe for some, it's time for us to lay down the what if regrets. What if I would have done this? What if I would have done this? What if I would have done this? Well, you can't go backwards and change it. You can only just change your footsteps moving forward. But church, I'm asking you for 2022 to dream with me a little bit. I'm asking you to walk with me. I'm asking you to believe with me. And ultimately, this is probably the most important one, is I'm asking you to chase God with me because he's not hiding himself from us. He wants to move. He wants to bring life. And he's chose the church to be the front runners. So dearly, Father God, we just thank you for today. God, I thank you that you're the God of life. That life comes in from you. And that you commissioned us to go spread it, God. God, I pray that this area would be a flood zone. All of the communities represented in this room would be a flood zone. Why? Because people are living on fire for you. God, that rivers are just flowing out of you, that we're depending on your Holy Spirit more than we ever have. God, that we're diving into your word more than we ever have, not out of, uh, 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 of, of a chore or anything, but because there's a desire, a, a, a growth, a, a cry in our heart that says, I want to know you, Lord. God, what if you want to use me more than you ever have? What if you want to use us more than you have? What if you want to use the next generation more than you ever have? God, if that's the truth, we're in. We're in. It's in your name we pray and everybody said. Hey, that's the message. I hope it encouraged you. I hope it inspired you. I hope that you know that God has a plan for your life. In fact, if you would like to join us as a part of our online campus and you would like to watch the video as it happens live, go follow us on Facebook or YouTube by searching The River in Panhandle, Texas. Have an amazing week.